I feel like there's no one else out there sending this message to help women find that voice and find that leadership style that yes, it is strong, it is direct, it is assertive, but it feels good, it feels like you, and you feel like you're doing something positive and something good for your team and your company. You're showing people what you think, and implicitly, when you share your perspective, what you're implicitly communicating is, I believe my own ideas to be important. And that is taking up space. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik. And my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jess. I'm the host and creator of this podcast. I'm a career coach. I help women build confidence, find their voice, advance into leadership roles in their career. And I am here to help you do all of those things. I am in a very joyful, exuberant mood right now because I'm riding a wave of podcast creativity. My ideas for this podcast tend to come in um, troughs and peaks, peaks and troughs. Is that the expression? I'm I'm in a peak and I'm riding it and I'm recording a bunch of episodes. And this one is on a topic that is so big in my coaching work, so big. I would say that this topic is most front of mind for my clients right now, both I have my one-on-one clients who I support individually, and I have my clients who are participating in my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy, and across the board, a really, really big topic that has been coming up is this idea of being direct, of asserting yourself, right? Having that directness in conversations, in meetings, in rooms in a way that is both effective and has people really seeing you as a respectable leader, but in a way that feels good and authentic to you and that doesn't make you feel like an a-hole. I really struggled with this in my career, like really, really struggled because I felt like I had to be nice and subservient all of the time. And in my mind, that meant that I had to make space for everyone else and hear everyone else and encourage everyone else. And if something was coming from me, it was like it was taking away from someone else or maybe I was stepping on someone's someone's toes or offending someone or being too direct. And it was very difficult. And even the times when I would push myself out of my comfort zone and I'd be like, okay, Jess, like people want to hear from you in meetings. You've been told you need to show more thought leadership, like just do the courageous thing, get your voice out there. I would do it. I would assert myself. I would share my opinion. I would jump into the discussion and then I would have a massive assertiveness hangover after and I would feel filled with like shame and regret and I shouldn't have said that. And did that person think I was insulting them? Was I taking up too much space? Did it sound stupid? And so I deeply understand what a struggle it can be to assert yourself, to put your perspective out there. And it truly is an end-to-end struggle where you first have to do it, (laughs) which is hard enough, 
And then you have to get comfortable doing it because when you first start doing it, it can be rather uncomfortable the way I experienced and like I mentioned in that you feel like you're taking up space and doing a bad, horrible, obnoxious thing and you don't feel good about it. And my goal for this episode is to flip your thinking when it comes to being direct and assertive so that you can feel better about it. Because the truth is, while you might think of it in your mind as being a quote-unquote bad thing or there are elements of directness and assertiveness that feel bad to you, it can actually be in service of your audience and it can actually be a really good thing. And I think it's so easy to miss that and really miss some of the positive gifts and positive ripple effects that you can have as a leader. It's just so easy to look at the topic of directness and assertiveness and be like, oh, that feels bad. That feels like too much. I'm taking up too much space. I'm being too direct. People aren't going to like it. I'm going to come off as pushy or rude. You get so wrapped up in that that you miss this whole other world of possibilities, which is one in which that communication style is useful, inspirational, supportive of your audience. So I'm not just trying to help you get to neutral, where you no longer feel bad about asserting yourself or being direct. I'm trying to get you to a place where you see the goodness in it, the value in in it so that you can get excited about taking up a lot of space in meetings. Because when you really see that, it's going to make you want to lean in because you're no longer viewing directness and assertiveness as a bad thing. And this is where I get so excited about my podcast and my coaching style and the work that I do and my philosophy, because in my opinion, stepping into leadership can feel really good. And it's not that you won't have hard moments or you won't ever feel challenged or you won't ever have like an assertiveness hangover, but it's that when you're truly being an authentic, effective leader and speaking like an authentic, effective leader and having the voice and taking up the space of a leader in a meeting room, it can actually feel great. It doesn't have to feel awful and icky and inauthentic. And I get so pumped about helping you do that because I feel like there's no one else out there sending this message to help women find that voice and find that leadership style that yes, it is strong, it is direct, it is assertive, but it feels good, it feels like you and you feel like you're doing something positive and something good for your team and your company. Truly, it doesn't have to be zero sum, it doesn't have to feel bad, I know in my career, the more I built confidence and found my voice and took up space and was direct and was assertive, over time, the better that felt. As I got farther into my corporate career, I had a very, very successful corporate career. I became an executive in my early 30s. As I got farther into that career and became more assertive and took up more space, It was not as hard and uncomfortable as it used to be in the beginning. And in fact, it felt really good. And I really enjoy taking on that leadership role and having that direct, assertive leadership voice in meetings. And I say this to encourage you to keep going and to stick with it and keep believing that you will find that too, because I believe that when you stick with your journey, you grow your confidence, you keep working on your mindset you eventually get into this territory that's like this win-win territory where you're doing the behaviors that you want, you're taking up space, you're being a leader, you're making a strong impression, 
and it is feeling good. It is feeling better than you feel right now. That is where I'm trying to get you to, and this episode is intended to help you do that. Before I dive in, I have a really exciting announcement to share. I'm doing something brand new on the podcast this week, and this is part of a new series that I'm doing called Inside the Academy. So if you're newer to this, then you probably haven't heard, or if you've been following me for a while, you have heard. I have a group program It's called the Art of Speaking Up Academy, and it is my signature group program where I help my clients build confidence and learn how to be powerful, effective communicators at work. I have launched this program three times. I am guiding my third cohort of incredible clients through this program, and I'm going to be launching it for the fourth time this spring, the first two weeks of May. Now, you might not know this. Actually, you don't know this because I haven't talked about this or shared this at all. But over the past few months, behind the scenes, I have been working to give the Art of Speaking Up Academy a big, exciting makeover. So I ran the program twice. The first cohort of the program started in winter 2022. The second cohort of the program started in summer 2022, and now I just kicked off the third cohort. They started in winter of 2023. That's when I'm recording this. And after I ran the first two cohorts, after me mainly just coaching women one-on-one, so after I coached these women in a group, I really witnessed and saw the power of a group experience and how women can grow and evolve and expand and even sometimes heal when they're doing their coaching and internal mindset work and professional and personal development work with a group of other women. There's something that happens in that group environment that helps you normalize what you're experiencing because you see other women experiencing it and they're women that you admire and respect. And so that helps you admire and respect yourself more as you see those women working through the same challenges alongside you. And you get this inspiration as you're surrounded by this group of ambitious, gritty, powerful women who have big dreams for their careers and you're watching them grow, watching them challenge themselves week after week it gives you this surge of fuel and surge of motivation for you to grow. And as I ran this program twice, I witnessed the power that is possible within a group program and realized that I had something going here. Like I was onto something with the Art of Speaking Up Academy and I wanted to pour more into the program. I wanted to put more juice into the program, make the program even stronger because I felt like there was more untapped potential to really enhance it and help my clients experience as much growth as possible inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And so I gave the program a massive makeover and I have enhanced and evolved the program in some pretty big and significant ways. And so to introduce you to all of the changes that I have made, all of the ways the Art of Speaking Up Academy has evolved, I'm creating a mini series on the next few podcast episodes called Inside the Academy. And so when this episode ends, if you listen all the way to the end, when the outro music finally fades out, 
the episode won't be over. There'll be a brand new, never heard before, segment series kicking off in this week's episode where I'm going to be taking you literally inside the Academy and walking you through what the Academy experience is like and some of the big changes that I've made. I'm very excited to do this for you because one of the most common questions I get about the Art of Speaking Up Academy is, okay, Jess, I get that the Academy is to help me find my voice and build confidence, but how, like how do you do that and what do we do inside that program? And this series that I'm starting that you'll get introduced to at the end of today's episode is going to give you a peek inside because it can be a little bit harder to imagine what a group program or a group experience is like. I think we all understand what a podcast is like, what a YouTube video is like, but something like the Art of Speaking Up Academy, it's a live group experience. And so until you've really been in it, it can be a little bit harder to imagine what that will be like for you. And so I'm going to be giving you a little behind the scenes tour. So make sure that you listen to this episode all the way to the end. And I will be taking you behind the scenes of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. But first, we have to talk about something very, very important, which is back to our original topic, assertiveness and being direct. So What I want to help you with most is I want to help you begin to shift your mindset around the idea of assertiveness and being direct. And I want to start to talk about the ways in which it's not a bad thing. It's not this horrible, awful thing that it can sometimes feel like. Now, before I get into this, I have to clarify a simple concept that is going to help us help you get more out of this discussion. And this is the difference between foundational assertiveness versus advanced assertiveness. This is an important distinction because assertiveness is a pretty broad word. It can have a lot of meanings. And so I find it really helpful and useful to define the different forms of assertiveness so that when I'm talking about it, it's clear what I'm talking about. So the way that I think about assertiveness is it falls roughly into two buckets. There's a bucket called foundational assertiveness, and there's a bucket called advanced assertiveness. These two buckets are both modules in the Art of Speaking Up Academy because this is really how I think about and break down assertiveness, and it's also how I teach it inside the Academy. Foundational assertiveness is just asserting your point of view, sharing your idea, sharing the way you think the project could go, putting your hat in the ring, giving your input, giving your perspective. That is foundational assertiveness where you are asserting a point of view. You are telling people what you think. Advanced assertiveness is slightly more challenging and a highly important skill which is you're sharing your point of view, but you are doing so under pressure. So you might be doing so in a situation where someone has disagreed with you, and now you need to defend your point of view. So you're not just sharing it, but you're sharing it in the context of a disagreement 
or someone's poking holes and asking really hard questions about what you're sharing. And you have to respond back and assert what you think after kind of being pressure tested by someone else. That's advanced assertiveness. So the way that you can think about it is foundational assertiveness is like asserting yourself under favorable conditions. Asserting yourself when the sun is shining and the birds are chirping and everyone is open-minded and ready to hear exactly what you have to say. Whereas advanced assertiveness is more like asserting yourself in the middle of an intense rainstorm where you are getting pelted with water and your umbrella is being turned inside out. And proverbially, that just represents people are disagreeing with you and you're not you're not in such smooth waters, right? Like you're in choppy waters and you're having to get your perspective across. This is so important, especially as you get into higher levels of leadership. Part of what makes people feel confident enough to support you advancing into leadership roles and to help you get on that executive path is they know you can navigate choppy waters. They know you can navigate the rainstorm. This is why advanced assertiveness is incredibly important if leadership positions and rapid growth in your corporate career is important to you because you show people, hey, I can navigate these choppy waters. I can still do this well, even if there's a rainstorm out. I don't need the sun to be shining. So I share that distinction because I want you to understand the difference. It's going to help you with your own growth and your own focus areas. And if this distinction, foundational assertiveness versus advanced assertiveness is very much resonating with you, I have an entire workbook just designed to help you not only more deeply understand the difference between these two, but to figure out exactly where you are on your assertiveness journey and where you need to focus. Because you don't want to be working on all of these things at once. You want to figure out how far along am I when it comes to this journey towards advanced assertiveness and what should be my next step that I'm focused on to improve my communication skills and really show people that I can handle these challenging, complex conversations. This workbook is designed to help you figure out where you are so you can identify your next step and focus yourself and your growth on the exact thing that is going to help you grow your assertiveness muscle the fastest. This workbook is free. If you want to grab a copy of it, you will find it on my website at jessgazitcoaching.com slash free resources. It is called the Assertiveness Mini Workbook, and it dives into this in a ton of detail. I will also link that down in the show notes so you have that. But the reason that I'm sharing with you this distinction between foundational versus advanced assertiveness is because today I'm talking about foundational assertiveness. So I'm talking about asserting yourself when the sun is shining and the birds are chirping. So in other words, no one's being argumentative with you. You're not talking to an audience or a stakeholder who's very difficult and likes to challenge you. You're in a room full of friendly people. And the reason why is because we need different skills and different tools for when the sun is shining versus when there's a rainstorm. So I want you to understand how to take what I'm sharing here and use it. Now, this, you know, what I'm sharing here still applies if you're in choppy waters, but there are just certain other tools that you need for advanced assertiveness for choppier waters that I'm not talking about here. 
but I do talk about in that workbook and I will continue to talk about in other places across the podcast. So we're talking about foundational assertiveness, which is just asserting your point of view when you're having a conversation or in a meeting full of people. Now, when you're asserting your point of view, there are usually two main ways that you are doing that. The first way that you are being direct and assertive is by sharing your perspective on what you think is best, the best approach, the best direction, the best decision. So you're putting your opinion in the mix. And this can feel scary because it is truly an act of taking up space. You're showing people what you think and implicitly When you share your perspective, what you're implicitly communicating is, I believe my own ideas to be important. And that is taking up space, right? When you're implicitly communicating that you think your ideas are important, that is a massive act of courage. And that is one of the reasons why it can feel so scary. So the first way that you might assert a perspective, be assertive, be direct, is you're sharing your idea, your thought, your perspective on how something should be done. The second way that you will be direct and assertive is by telling people, I'm laughing, I'll tell you why in a minute, telling people (laughs) what you want them to do. So an example would be after a meeting is over, recapping action steps and literally saying, Bob, I want you to send the report to everyone in this meeting by the end of the day. So that's another form of assertiveness where you're not saying, I think we should take the project in this direction. It's not theoretical, like the first way. It's not just your idea of how things should be. It's a very tangible command. I'm going to use the word command, which can bring up a lot of thoughts, right? That's a very strong word, but it's a tangible command to someone to do something. This is a little bit harder, right? Because a command is definitive. A command is like, I am telling you to do this thing. Versus when you're just sharing an idea and putting a perspective out there, it's a little more open-ended. It's like, I think this is the best way. But a command is like, you do this thing. There's no, there's not a lot of negotiation in it. There's not a lot of um, open-endedness to it. And so that can feel like a difficult and scary thing to do. And that's what I'm talking about in today's episode is the command, is the assertiveness and directness where you say, I need this from you. Now, I'm sure you know why it is so important to do this, right? It is important because not only is this how things are going to get done in your job because you can't do everything yourself, you are interconnected with other people and other teams, But again, implicitly, what you're showing people when you issue a command is that you're comfortable leading and that that's something that you know how to do. And as you rise up into bigger roles, you have to tell people what to do more often because you have more of a team supporting you and more expected from you. So you can't take on everything yourself. You can't perpetually avoid having to direct people and command someone, you can't avoid that forever 
if you want to advance to your next professional level because your scope is going to get bigger and bigger. And if you just try to do a workaround to this by doing everything yourself, you're not going to be able to sustain the amount of work that you're responsible for delivering. So the bigger your career gets, the bigger your role gets, the more you have to tell people what to do. Sometimes that's going to be your teammates. Sometimes it's going to be your boss. Sometimes you have to tell your boss what to do. 100%. Absolutely. Sometimes it's going to be someone on a peer team. It can be all sorts of situations. That's what I'm talking about in this episode is when you have to tell someone what to do. Now, I'm... The word command is like a very dictatorial word. So I can't really think of a better, more precise word than that. But I feel like that word has some like weird connotations. So I'm not someone who, just to clarify, I'm not someone who is a proponent of controlling other humans. I just want to make that really clear. I'm just using the word command because I can't think of any other word right now to represent the idea of telling someone what to do. And it's not asking them what to do. It's not saying, Bob, are you able to get us this report? It's saying, Bob, send us this report by the end of the day today. And again, this is really important because while sometimes we might ask people for something, as a leader, there are many times where you have to tell people what to do. And this can feel very uncomfortable and it can bring up an enormous amount of discomfort. That's why I was laughing earlier because I was thinking of my past self fondly and how terrifying it felt for me in the early years of my corporate career and even the mid years of my corporate career, how terrifying it felt to tell people what to do. It almost felt like I was a little kid playing dress up and pretending to boss people around and it felt very odd and strange and uncomfortable. But today, I want to share a perspective with you that will help it feel less awful. So many of my clients are convinced that this type of leadership and being direct, it just has to be mean and awful and there's no way around that. And I see a lot of women who feel torn and they're thinking, well, I'm not sure if I want to advance or be a leader because I don't want to be an a-hole to people and I don't want to have this dictatorial leadership style. And they assume that the only way to be direct, to tell people what to do, the only way to do that is this harsh, very dehumanizing style that they've observed around them and they don't like that and they don't want to do that. And so they think, well, I can't you know, really grow and evolve and step into a bigger role because then I'm going to have to do that and that's going to feel icky. But what I want to offer you today in this episode is the idea that telling people what to do can feel really, really good to our audience or to our stakeholder, and in fact, can be an act of service to our audience. I am constantly thinking about leadership as an act of service to others and really exploring how that's true in so many different ways because that's what gets me personally excited about leadership And this is one example and one of those ways that we can shift our perspective and begin to see the act of telling someone what to do as an act of service. Now, the way that I want to explain this to you is via a series of examples. 
I challenge myself to come up with a list of examples of when it feels good to me to have someone else tell me what to do. So I put myself in the shoes of the audience and said, hey, what's an example of me being in the audience and someone being direct and assertive and telling me what to do and it feels good. I feel like they're leading me and helping me and serving me. And here is what I came up with. It feels good to me when I arrive at a friend's party and they open the door and they tell me what to do. They say, come in, follow me, put your coat here, grab a drink. They're telling me what to do and it feels really, really good. It feels really good to me when I'm at a yoga class and the instructor tells me what to do. They tell me to switch my pose or adjust the direction my foot is pointing, or to take an even deeper breath. They tell me what to do, and it feels really, really good. When I go to the doctor, because I'm not feeling well, the doctor tells me what to do, and it feels good. They tell me what medicine to take, when to take it, what specific things to avoid, and how long to wait until I check in with them next. They tell me what to do, and it feels really good. When I'm on an airplane, and the airplane is about to take off, the flight attendant tells me to stay in my seat, and it feels good. The flight attendant tells me what to do, and something about that feels good. Here's another example. When I listen to a podcast, and you might be experiencing this listening to my podcast, and I'm learning, and the podcast host tells me what to do, it feels good. They give me a tip or a piece of advice or guidance. They tell me what to do, and it feels good. So the reason that I'm sharing this is because I really want to expand your thinking on what it's like for the audience to be told what to do and to give us to give us the ability together in this podcast episode to explore this idea of it feeling really good to receive directness assertive directness from someone else and in fact in the examples i gave the yoga teacher someone uh, welcoming me to their party the doctor telling me what meds to take these are all situations where If I am not told what to do, that is not going to feel good. So a lack of direction is going to feel really bad. If I'm in a yoga class and the yoga teacher is not telling me what to do, I'm not going to feel very good. If I go see the doctor and they write me a prescription and they don't tell me what to do, I am not going to feel very good. If someone welcomes me into their party and they don't tell me what to do, I am not going to feel really good. If I get on a flight and there is no safety warning not to get up, I am not going to feel very good. So I think you can see here how there's value in taking up space and telling people what to do. Because when we do that, We are offering something of value to our audience. There's multiple ways we're doing that. One way that we're offering them value is we are communicating to them that we have got them taken care of. 
when we tell people what to do, they know that we are holding in our minds what comes next for them. And that gives them a sense of relief. They can trust us. Just like I can trust this yoga teacher isn't going to disappear halfway through the class and leave me to figure this out on my own. I can see that they've got me. They've planned a routine. They've thought about this class. They know what they're doing. Everything is going to go really, really well. And so it helps us have trust in the other person as our guide, because in order for them to tell us what to do, they need to be thinking about us, have a plan for us, and be keeping all of that in mind. That gives us a lot of faith in them that makes us feel safe and taken care of, and like we can trust them to lead us and shepherd us through this journey, whether that journey is a doctor's appointment or a yoga class or a work meeting. It's also helpful for our audience because it gives them clarity. Sometimes we like to be told what to do because then we don't have to wonder and be in uncertainty and confusion over what to do. I like being told what to do in the yoga class because then I don't have to figure it out on my own. And I really want you to think about how both of these things apply to a work meeting. How is it true that telling your audience what to do is going to feel really good for them? It's true because as you're telling them what to do, they know that you have a plan. You're keeping track. Your brain is wrapped around it. They can lean back just a little bit. And when you tell them what to do, they know, phew, I didn't have to remember to write it down correctly. I don't have to worry that I got the wrong thing. She just told me what to do. There is value for your audience because they can trust you and you're offering them clarity. And I really, really want you to think about the value that this brings to people in your organization who sit above you in the org chart. Of course, being direct and assertive helps your peers and it helps people who report to you. But I really want us to look at this together from the perspective of how is it helpful to executives and your boss when you tell them what to do? What is the value to an executive of knowing that you've got it handled, that you're guiding them, that you have everything planned out, that you're keeping track of it? What is the value to an executive to get clarity from you? The value to an executive to get those things from you is enormous because they are stretched across a lot of things. They are often distracted because of the scope of things that they are working on. So when you are direct and you tell them what to do, they can relax and they will build so much trust in you as you tell them what to do and they will want you to keep doing that. You know that you're doing really well in your job and crushing it when your boss and leaders above you get to your meeting and say, all right, tell us what you need us to do. That is one of the strongest signals that you can receive that you are demonstrating strong leadership because it means that they've turned off their brains and they're like, she's got it. Like, let me let her guide me. That means they can trust you with a lot. That is exactly the type of reputation that you want to cultivate. And so next time you need to tell someone what to do, I want you to come back to thinking about this podcast episode and thinking about how there's an opportunity for you to show your audience, hey, 
I've got you and I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. And as a fun bonus challenge, I challenge you to make your own list of all of the circumstances and situations where you like being told what to do. I want you to make your list just like I made my list and look at what's on your list and ask yourself, why does it feel good? And how can I do this for my coworkers? Because in the end of the day, we don't want to carry the entire mental burden ourselves. So when someone is stepping up and telling us what to do in a way that's respectful, not being an ass about it and not being like, you have to get this to me in an hour, you can just say it like a normal, considerate, respectful human. All right, Bob, your takeaway is to send the report to the group by the end of day today. You can say it like a normal person. You don't have to say it like a mean, evil, dictatorial leader. Right. But I really want you to think about that list and this episode and those reasons next time you're in a situation and you know that the best thing is to tell someone what to do and your mind is trying to talk you out of it and is saying, don't be mean. They're going to think that you're so harsh. And remember that telling people what to do when done thoughtfully, when done respectfully and when done from a place of caring about getting the best results for everyone is absolutely 100% in service of your audience. And there is literally no way to operate within a large company and in a leadership role without doing that. It's an essential part of the machine that has to be in place. I want you to imagine, just imagine if we lived in a world where no one told anyone what to do. I want you to really, really think about that. We wouldn't have traffic lights or stop signs. There would be no prices for things at the grocery store. We would be living in anarchy, pure chaos. Being told what to do helps us contain the madness of this world that we live in. And it's going to help you contain some of the challenges and madness of the work that you do. And by the way, if if your work feels a bit out of control or like it is a little bit there's madness there it could be because you're not exercising this muscle enough of telling people what to do so that is what i have for you today and even though the episode is winding down stick around keep listening because as soon as the outro music fades i am going to be taking you inside my group program the art of speaking up academy so keep on listening enjoy and I'll catch you there. The Art of Speaking Up Academy is where you go to find a voice that's equal parts confident and authentic. It's a place where you get to indulge your belief that the big confidence and career that you desire is totally 100% possible for you. I went from doubting myself constantly and thinking I wasn't as smart as everyone else to thriving in my corporate career and building a reputation as an unstoppable thought leader. Inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, I'll teach you everything you need to know to do the same so you can take up lots of space and build a career so exciting you kind of want to brag about it. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to my new mini series, Inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. I have to be honest with you, I just finished recording, mixing, and editing that intro jingle that you just heard, and I am feeling on fire. I am so excited that you're here all the way at the tail end of the episode, and I'm so excited to bring you 
behind the scenes of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. I started this mini series inside the Academy because I get a lot of questions from women who follow my work and who are thinking about joining the Academy. And they're trying to figure out if the Art of Speaking Up Academy is a good fit for them. And it is such a powerful program. I have watched client after client transform and grow their confidence and step into bigger roles and get raises and start taking up space in rooms that they used to hide in. I have watched client after client achieve those results inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And so it is my mission to give you a taste of what this program is like so that if you are a good fit for the Academy, you don't miss out on creating those kinds of results in your career. I believe that our careers are one of the most foundational components of our lives, and it is worth building a career that you love, feeling like you're bringing 100% of yourself to your career, and having the voice and the confidence that you need to make that happen. That is why I love this program, and that is why I want to take you behind the scenes to learn a little bit more about it. So if you haven't heard at all about the Art of Speaking Up Academy, you can learn much more about the basics of the program over on my website at justguzzitcoaching.com slash academy. But to give you the very high level rundown, it is my signature group program designed to help you build a confident, authentic voice so that you can make a strong impression in meetings and build a reputation that accelerates your career growth. That is the goal inside this program. And what I like to tell people is that what you learn and what you do inside the academy is part education, part inspiration. So the education piece really consists of the tools and frameworks that you need to make a powerful impression and speak at an executive level in meetings. There are three kinds of tools and frameworks that I teach inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. I teach you tools and frameworks that help you with executive presence, executive communication, and assertiveness because there are certain communication techniques and certain skills that make you much more effective in those areas. And so that is really the education piece of the Art of Speaking Up Academy is making sure you have the complete toolkit you need to be effectively leading meetings and making a strong impression when you communicate with the people around you. That's the education piece. But the other piece, the second piece, which is equally as important, if not more important, is the inspiration piece. Finding your voice and building a presence in meetings and blossoming into a leader and really learning to speak like that leader that you are blossoming into is not just about those more technical skills, although those are very, very important, but it's also about you feeling confident and feeling powerful from the inside out. Your best communication, your best voice, your best leadership is going to come when you feel strong and solid inside and you bring that feeling with you and your voice and your communication and the way that you carry yourself at work and in meetings comes from that place. 
And that's why inspiration is a huge part of the Art of Speaking Up Academy, because if I just taught you a bunch of tools, but you didn't leave our sessions feeling uplifted, feeling on fire, feeling inspired, then you wouldn't quite have as much internal drive to enter into your next Zoom room to drop into that next meeting and actually be part of the discussion and actually participate as the strongest, most effective version of you. And so what we're doing inside our sessions in the academy is we're learning, that's the education piece, and we're diving deep into mindset so that you can leave feeling inspired and so that you can shift your mindset away from doubt and questioning yourself and thinking highly negative critical thoughts about yourself to believing in yourself and seeing yourself as a strong, capable, competent leader in the room. So that's what I'm doing inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. That's really what I'm doing with you in the sessions is part education, teaching tools, helping you learn and integrate the tools, and doing mindset work to motivate you to really believe in yourself and bring that inner fire with you everywhere you go throughout your workday. And when you're in the Academy, we have a live session almost every week. It's an intimate group. So this is a small group program. And we meet every week to do those things. And as I ran the academy a couple of times, I saw how much power there was in those sessions. I saw women having light bulb moments. I saw them experiencing shifts in how they saw themselves. And I saw their confidence evolve from the start to the end of the program. And I saw just how powerful it was to have that consistent weekly exposure to mindset work and to these very powerful communication tools that I teach inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And I'm the type of person where when something is working well and I have a success, and I recommend you do this too, by the way, in your job, I often ask myself, how can I double down? How can I make this better? Because I wanted my clients inside the academy to be able to experience the education and the inspiration and motivation, not just during our session, which is once a week, but anytime they needed it. Because I know for so many of my clients, and this might be you too, you might leave our Art of Speaking Up Academy session on a high And then drop into a meeting and feel like you're struggling again and feel like you need another boost and you need another pick-me-up. And so the question I asked myself is, how could I allow my clients, allow you in the Art of Speaking Up Academy, not just to join the sessions every week, but to feel like you could take the sessions with you and have them in your back pocket throughout the week to carry you through those difficult meetings and those moments when the self-doubt comes back up. And that led me to what I'm sharing with you in today's edition of Inside the Academy, which is the official Art of Speaking Up Academy private podcast. I created a private podcast that is only available to members of the Art of Speaking Up Academy that captures everything that I teach inside the program. So when you are part of the Art of Speaking Up Academy, you don't just have that weekly session, but anytime you want to, you can pick up your phone and revisit 
what we're learning and get that dose of inspiration that you need to keep you going throughout the week until we have our next session together. The Art of Speaking Up Academy podcast is a little bit different than my main podcast because it comprises the entire curriculum of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. It is in a very specific order and it is comprehensive, which means it is my entire body of teachings on confidence and effective communication. And you have it with you before, during, and after the Art of Speaking Up Academy. As soon as you enroll in the Art of Speaking Up Academy, you gain access to the entire private podcast feed, and you get to keep the private podcast for life after the Art of Speaking Up Academy is over. So whenever you need an extra jolt of inspiration before a tough meeting, or you need a little bit of extra help as you're prepping content for an executive audience and you want to make sure that you're doing a really good job, you can drop into the private podcast, find the episode that you need, and get that refresher and get that dose of inspiration and motivation. Now, because this is inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy and because I'm here to give you a taste of what it's like inside the program, I wanted to play you a little teaser of some highlights from the official Art of Speaking Up Academy podcast. So I'm going to give you a sneak peek of some of the episodes that are in the private podcast. So let's listen together. CEO energy simply means that the tone of your voice and how you speak is giving people the impression that you're the authority. Because when you're speaking at the quality of a leader, you are seen as a leader. It's about establishing yourself as a powerful presence in the room. The stronger your executive communication is, the stronger a presence you will have when you speak. We're finding the CEO voice, we're finding the leadership voice, we're finding the executive voice in you that feels like you, right? That helps you feel not just more powerful, but like more of who you are. She is the leader. She is leading me. She is guiding me. She is telling me what to do. It is that experience that your audience is having, whether they're aware of it or it's unconscious below their level of awareness, it has them seeing you as an authority figure. There's the actual title that we have in our jobs, And then there's the energy that we give off and you can give off the energy of someone in a much higher title by doing these things. And that's what begins to give your leaders the confidence. Oh, okay, I can promote her. I can move her up. She can handle this. She's showing so much leadership in these meetings. There you have it. That is just a tiny little sliver of the Art of Speaking Up Academy podcast and Its purpose is to give you the tools and the inspiration you need to find a voice that is confident, that is effective, and that is authentic. That is the mission of the private podcast, and that is what we build together inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. If you want to make sure that you are first to find out when the next round of the Academy opens for enrollment, head over to my website, jessgazitcoaching.com slash academy, and add yourself to the waitlist. Doors for the next cohort are going to open the first two weeks of May, but the enrollment tends to fly by. It is only two weeks long that you get to sign up. And so being on the waitlist 
means you make sure that you don't miss it. And as someone who's on the waitlist, you will be eligible for exclusive bonuses that are only available if you're on the waitlist. Head over to jessicasatcoaching.com slash academy to add yourself to the waitlist. And I will catch you in the next podcast episode. Bye.